virtual aircraft you're sitting in behaves the exact way like the car does. So if the car turns left, your aircraft turns left. It's a very, very high level of immersion because you feel what you see and vice versa. It's perfectly in sync. The world beyond. Emotion is of tomorrow. Brought to you by Michael Mack. Hello and welcome back to my podcast, The World Beyond the Emotioneers of Tomorrow. Today I have another very exciting guest waiting for you. Niels Wolny was the head of digital business and customer experience at Audi before co-founding the revolutionary company Holoride, which I'm sure most of our listeners have already heard about. Hello and welcome, Niels. Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me on your podcast today. Good to have you here today. I'm excited to learn more about your existing projects. But first, I would like to ask you a couple of quickfire questions so that our audience mm -hmm. can get to know you a little bit better before we dive into the discussion. Please answer these questions as shortly as possible. Are you ready? Yes, of course. Perfect. Here we go. One. What do you prefer, sci-fi or fantasy? Sci-fi. Two. What do you like to do in your spare time? Uh, spend time with my kids. Three. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Early bird, definitely. Four. Which person from past or present would you most like to have a conversation with? Uh, from past, it would be definitely Steve Jobs. Thank you. I always like to jumpstart our discussion with a provocative question. Will you allow me to challenge you a little bit with a provocative statement question? Uh, no problem. Bring it on, Michael. Here it is. <laughs> In our quick-paced environment, we already spend too much time in the digital world. Numerous studies have shown how beneficial it is for our health and brain to do take breaks where we do nothing. The time we spend commuting has always been a good time to just switch off our brains. Why do you want to encourage people, and especially children, to spend that time in VR and even increase our screen time? Okay, that's uh, truly a provocative one. Uh, thank you. Yeah, let's spend a little time on the different aspects you're addressing. So first of all, media time. We definitely do need a break once in a while. Uh, you can't argue with that. However, you can argue whether it should be the car providing this break because um, you're right for some people, um, transition time or transit time is a little bit of a mental downtime. So where they can just let their thoughts wander. But there are so many different occasions why people do travel in cars, um, whether it's going on a road trip, on a daily trip, just to get their grocery shopping done, so some kind of errors, whether it's the daily commute to work and back. Um, so there are so many different occasions, and um, it really depends on um, your, let's say, individual mood, um, also how long you are traveling. And very often you have something in cars. I'm pretty sure you heard the sentence, are we there yet? Quite often from, from kids on backseat. So you have a certain social dynamic in cars. And um, what we want to provide is an offering to passengers in cars that incorporates the way the car travels and where it travels. So to enable for experiences in the car that are really motion and location aware and are unique to not just the car's environment, but also to the fact that you're traveling through the world. And um, yes, we started with virtual reality experiences because 
they're super immersive. However, you can also think about um, building experiences that are maybe just audio-based, where they're triggered by how you drive and where you drive, or screen-based. But um, coming back to your to your question, whether we encourage people to spend more screen time. Um, I would say sometimes we do because it's an exciting offering, but also the time you spend in cars and then consuming the media is also captured by the travel time. So it's not an endless, you can't binge watch or binge play because once the journey is over, also the experience is over because it's tailored to your journey. So I, I think also for many people, transit time feels like wasted time. We're providing an offer, we're inviting them, and um, we're providing the tech for developers to to build applications on it. And it doesn't necessarily need to be an entertainment application, it could also be an edutainment application. So where kids on the backseat actually learn something while they're traveling. So I like your question. And uh, I can I can recommend a book, uh, by the way, that's called Everything Bad is Good for You, where um, a researcher also looked at the fact that uh, sometimes media can also help to increase your mental capabilities because um, games, for example, train you a lot of reflexes and you can process information much more often. So there's also the counterposition that uh, media can also help increase the mental performance of people. So I think it's always to find the right balance between how much you consume and when you build in some downtime for yourself. So, but uh, thanks for the question. I think we are offering something unique in the car, but it's an invitation to use it. Great. I mean, we do know each other now for quite a time. I remember you been visiting the Aurea at its first edition, our digital award ceremony taking place in January here at Europa Park. And um, I was fascinating of somebody bringing the technology uh, or pushing the boundaries of what is possible and out of Germany on top of that, which is a car country so to say but give a little bit of a glimpse for our listeners what exactly are you doing i mean i obviously do know what you do but um so you you put vr glasses on the back seat of a car or what is the mission of um, holo ride and what are you actually providing to guests yeah so we started um Our journey already eight years ago when my two co-founders and I were still at the German car manufacturer Audi and we were looking at um, the way passengers do spend time in cars and what we discovered is for many backseat passengers um, transit time feels like wasted time and we wanted to come up with a specific offering that is unique to the car and incorporating the way how it moves and where it moves. And then we started um, experimenting with real-time car data like acceleration, braking, steering angle, uh, wheel ticks, GPS position, and all this real-time data you have available in the car and um, have built uh, very early prototypes and algorithms that are processing this data in real time and syncing it with the content being displayed in a VR goggle back then. So it was our first prototype was still the DK1 from Oculus. We had a PC in the trunk. Everything was hardwired to the, to the central computing entity. 
identity of the car to get or extract the data. And um, our goal was really um, the purpose of making transit time count. So turning dull car rides into exciting ones. And um, this technology evolved. So we spun out of Audi to make this technology available to um, any car manufacturer in the world and to the content creators. Um, and, and we wanted to provide the tech for it. And then we started the company we spun out end of 2018 operations started early 2019 and shortly after we met um, and we also had the ambition to create a platform that um, caters to passengers to riders and cars uh, with european origin because the next computing wave just started with spatial computing and um, i clearly don't see any reason why Europe shouldn't be at the forefront of this movement. And that was also so exciting when, when we met because you're, you're a big supporter of extended reality tech um, from the beginning and you brought together this community. And when we met the first time, that was really exciting that you managed to get a group of thought leaders together. And um, yeah, here we are. I think it's four and a half years later now but um still still an exciting journey and um yeah we we just launched our product in germany uh, and are slowly expanding to other markets so to be a bit more precise i mean obviously as i understood you have a vr headset on the back seats of the car and you literally go to a grocery store and buy the glasses and sit in the car and it works <laughs> or how does it function no it's it's Unfortunately, it's not that easy yet. Um, so uh, we we started with the HTC Vive Flow uh, together with HTC made this glass hollow ride ready. That means they gave us access to the tech stack of the glass so that we could do the data fusion of car data and um, headset uh, tracking so that you have a stable experience in the car. And um, the way you need to imagine it is um, you can get these glasses at every retail store that that sells them or you can uh, buy them online also on our web page but um, you bring them to your car either you have a ride ready car which is currently for example audi or you have a retrofit device that enables your car for ride experiences you connect the glasses to the car or to the retrofit device and then um, you can dive into the different experiences we are initially offering. We haven't built them. They were built by uh, third-party developers. We were working with them. We provide the tech for it. But then you put on the glasses. Let's say you, you play our title Cloud Breakers, where you're in an aircraft and right in front of you, you have a Skyjack. It's a robot that is flying in front of your aircraft. And the virtual aircraft you're sitting in behaves the exact way like the car does. So if the car turns left, your aircraft turns left and vice versa. And um, with a controller, you steer the little robot in front of you. And um, the environment is being spawned based on the position where the car is in the map data. So everything is generated in real time around you. And you're literally flying through this world exactly like the car drives on the real street. So every time the car accelerates, your, your virtual aircraft accelerates. And if the car stops, the aircraft stops. If the car turns left, the aircraft turns left. So it's a very, very high level of immersion because you, you feel what you see and vice versa. Um, so it's perfectly in sync. So what you need to get these type of experiences, as I said, all the right ready car helps or the retrofit, you need to get the glasses. Then you simply subscribe to our service um, to dive into the different experiences. Talking about experiences, 
How many experiences are you offering at the moment? So at the moment, it's um, it's still a fairly small number. It's about 15 experiences um, because we're still in our pioneers years. So the first year after our launch where we test different types of experiences, whether it's a quiz show called Road Quiz or if it's um, if it's Cloud Breakers, which, which is a really sophisticated games for, for people that love to play computer games or very casual ones like Jungle Chase where you have a little plane in front of you and you need to collect some coins so we test um, different different types of experiences and one of the major applications that we have just recently launched during the IAA mobility in Munich uh, early September is um, our Holoride cinema application where you have a virtual six meters in diameter screen floating in front of you embedded in a motion synchronized environment where you then can rent or buy the latest uh, latest blockbuster movies and just enjoy them on a massive screen in your car, probably the biggest screen you can get in a car. So we, we're testing different types of entertainment applications and we'll expand over time. So which car manufacturers right now are already Holoride ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah, currently um, the only one I can talk about is Audi because they've launched um, last year in Germany and then shortly after in Austria. Um, they built cars that are already Holoride ready globally, but we'll uh, select carefully one market after another to expand because we also need to provide our platform, our contents in the respective environment or country. And um, then we have a retrofit device, which is an aftermarket solution that you can plug into any car, no matter which make or model year. It simply works. There is a little compromise with the fully integrated version because it works more seamless with a fully integrated version and you get more car data from the car itself where you can triangulate if um, if let's say the gps signal is not as strong then you take different data points from the car to really make a stable experience happening this is um, unfortunately with the retrofit not as perfect because there you always have edge cases once in a while driving through a tunnel or something where the gps is not that strong but is in uh, let's say 95% of all cases, it's a very similar, if not the same experience. Most users don't recognize, so you can get it in any car. But uh, very soon, we'll announce additional car manufacturers and brands that uh, are Holoride ready. That means that our application can pick up the data points from the car in real time. What you're saying is that Audi is already Holoride ready. And for somebody driving a BMW, he gets online and buys a little electrical battery driven device and he plugs it to his cigarette holder or like how would you get it going yeah it's pretty similar to back in the days where you had this mobile navigation system so you have a suction cup you put on the windshield this little puck has a gps uh, antenna a very strong one plus an, an uh, a measurement unit that measures the motion of the car and a battery that has about 14 hours of battery life but if you run out of battery power there is a USB-C cable um, and you simply plug it into your um, USB-C or USB port in, in the car to charge it and uh, you're good to go. And is it the same with the um, VR headsets? You can load them in the car as well, so you have everything ready to load them in the car as well? 
The modern cars um, have USB-C plugs on most of the back seats, so then you don't need an external battery. But um, in case you drive an older car, then you can simply use portable battery pack. You plug in the headset and and you're good to go. We started with the HTC Vive Flow headset back in the day um, because it has a very comfortable form factor. It's more like sunglasses, very lightweight. So it's comfortable and safe to use in the car. And just recently, so many new headsets have been announced um, that have a very comfortable and light form factor as well. So same with cars, we um, plan to expand our application also to additional headsets. So you being like me from Germany, and we are Mm -hmm. the country of car manufacturers, not so much about new technologies and new VR, Metaverse, XR. So when I remember when I came to my dad and said, like, let's put a... VR headset on a roller coaster, he was literally telling me that he thinks it's a stupid idea. And secondly, he said, like, can you earn money with that? Um, and I think that's a question you've been facing quite a lot of times. Being asked from the engineers of the car manufacturers, is he going mental? How was your experience in the last four years <laughs> um, going on that journey? <laughs> Yeah, um, as I said, the the journey already started like eight years ago, and uh, we definitely faced similar comments, um, especially around the topic of motion sickness. I mean, eight years ago, and it's still still a challenge today in VR for people that use VR for the first time. But you had people getting VR sick. And you have people getting car sick um, that they simply can't consume visual content in a car. And when we said, yeah, we bring VR to the car, a lot of people said, you guys are nuts. Um, But um, yeah, minus times minus equals plus, right? So um, using the real-time data of the car and the motion of the car and syncing this with the content being displayed actually showed in in lots of the consumer research we did um, that it might even help improve your comfort during a car ride. So people that used to get motion sick um, when reading a book or texting on their phone or trying to watch a movie on a tablet, suddenly were able to enjoy visual content in a car because it was simply matching what their body feels because the effects are simply described. You get motion sick in a car because your eyes are fixed on a static screen and your body perceives the motion of the car driving, accelerating, stopping, curves, and this is simply not matching what your what your eyes are seeing, and this mismatch creates um, very often motion sickness. And in VR, very often it's the other way around. If you play a very dynamic game, let's say a racing game, and you're sitting on your desk like the two of us right now, and you don't have the haptic feedback, then people get VR sick because their brain expects some haptic feedback. And um, bringing these two things together suddenly creates fantastic level of immersion because it's not a simulator tracking you it's real g-forces your body is perceiving and this is being synced with the content in the headset so it's a high level of immersion but also with a positive side effect that for 
Some people, it even helps when they usually get motion sick that they suddenly don't get motion sick anymore. It's, there is no guarantee. But yeah, when we started the journey, everybody said we're nuts. And then two years ago, you had this massive metaverse hype. Suddenly, everybody said, yep, that, that's clear. <laughs> it had to happen that way. And then, yeah, hype, hype cooled down a little bit. And I think now we reached a very productive level um, with new high-performing headsets entering the market, with Apple entering the market. I'm excited for the times ahead, but um, pioneering is painful. I'm pretty sure you experienced it yourself. And, and when your dad had this comment, I'm, I mean, you need to stick to your vision. I, I love your VR coasters. So it's um, just a matter of being persistent and working on, on the vision. Yeah, we have the same feeling definitely on that one. Unfortunately, our VR ride, at least the one at Alpen Express, is not up running. And um, yeah, so um, I'm sad about it. But I think my dad just want to get the ride open as quick as possible while I want to have my VR baby back. But um, how do you feel... I mean, there's so much being changed in the car industry. Nobody saw Tesla coming. Nobody saw autonomous driving ready. And when you look at right now at the German car manufacturers, they seem to be a bit outdated, that it didn't get the trend in time. How did that change your company? Do you see a change in the minds of the um, German forethinkers of car builders? Yeah, that's um, a very important aspect. You, you know how big the automotive industry is in Germany and Europe. Um, it's hard to witness the developments over the last few years and um, that we started to lose the race. But I, I think what, what you can see in the in the last, let's say, two to three years, there is lots of activity also amongst the, the German car manufacturers to catch up. I think the engineering pride was addressed in the right way, so creating some kind of um, eagerness to get back ahead. But there is no doubt that um, Asia, especially China, invested heavily um, into electrification, so electric cars, connectivity, digitalization of the cars, um, digital services, everything around infotainment. Um, they are the front runners um, at a very aggressive price point. Um, so they are all entering now the European market and uh, with great products at, at very attractive price points. So it's extremely challenging for one of our core industries in Germany and in Europe at the moment. However, again, I, I believe that it's not too late so that at the one hand, we can close the gap a little bit in this race, A, and B, um, also for, for the next wave of um, spatial computing, I think it's not too late yet. Of course, you have the major players in terms of devices. They all seem to come from the US and China. But um, I think, uh, especially with the automotive industry, you already have spatial devices on the road, um, lots of sensors uh, perceiving the environment. Um, so I, I think there is also great opportunity if car manufacturers switch from the mindset saying they're building smartphone on wheels because smartphones are already 20 years old, more to we build spatial devices. Um, there is uh, definitely in the combination with autonomous driving something in there where where we can, in Europe, in Germany, um, hopefully 
lead the pack in the future. That's my hope, at least. So what you're literally saying is like Holoride is the company of the moment and everyone is banging down the door. Is that what you're trying to tell me? No, no. honestly, uh, we, we face the same challenges as every startup, uh, especially in, in Germany and Europe. So not, not an exception. But you know me, I'm, I'm an optimist and I... Um, I, I still believe we have so many uh, pioneering mindsets in, in Europe and Germany. The, the challenge we have is for some reason we don't very often get the things to the road in a, in a way that is sticky for the rest of the world. But I think we learned the lessons in, in, a, in a lot of areas and um, yeah, not, not giving up the hope that Europe can play a major part in spatial computing as well as future mobility. So you're saying that a lot of things changed in Germany and you get the uh, attention to your company. A lot of people at least want to talk to you about implanting the thing or is there not great things happening? I, I wish we would have more conversations in Europe. The majority of our conversations currently is taking place with Asian players because they're very aggressive and also their, their mindset is they're in a challenger mode, right? Say they're conquering new territories. They are maybe successful in China and now they want to enter Europe. And European or especially German car manufacturers are in a more defending position because they're strong in Europe, obviously. And over the last few decades, they have grown massively in China. Um, so they are also heavily dependent on their exports to China or the, the products they even manufacture on, on site. Um, so there are high volume numbers behind it. And um, suddenly the, the Chinese players are getting more attractive to Chinese customers. So they lose market share in the Chinese market. And then they also say, hey, I mean, they can be proud of many of their products. So they, they just enter the rest of the world and um, uh, give us a hard time over here in Europe or especially the car manufacturers. So it's a different position. They're in a tech mode and, and the German car manufacturers or European car manufacturers are more in a, a defensive mode. So that's why you're a little bit more skeptic maybe in, in the European region when it comes to innovations because you don't want to make mistakes. You're, you're careful. Also, the collaboration aspect is still something that I miss amongst the, the German and European car manufacturers um, because you can also share platforms more. In China, you have more, uh, let's say, they collaborate more and they're a little bit more aggressive. So, And, and also in, in the way there is lots of openness in, in exploring our tech for, for their products at the moment. So that was just a little glimpse of our talk. Thank you so much, Niels Wolny. Second part next week. Michael Mack presents The World Beyond. Emotion is of tomorrow. A Mac One production.